Hey friends and family, this is Tanisha Tyus. Thank you for joining our episode today of Families with Learning Capabilities. I have a good friend of mine here with us today. Her name is Diane Linger. Uh, She works for Grace Christian Schools and she has also, as many of our, my prior interviewees, um, has played an instrumental part in me and Peyton's journey uh, along, you know, growing and maturing and managing through, uh, you know, the learning disabilities. She actually uh, started as a tutor of Peyton, eh, thinking about her Peyton's second grade year um, and third grade year. First grade, really? Yeah, I think the end of the first grade year. Wow, okay. And then more recently, she became uh, her main uh, teacher in her learning disability program, which we will later talk about. Uh, that is called the Discovery Program. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she has been along uh, on the ride with us, and she's been awesome, understanding, um, generous, uh, helpful, loving, kind, all those things. So I'm just very happy that she actually took the role over uh, of teaching Peyton uh, in this discovery program um, because she's just an she's an awesome young lady. So we have Diane Linger here. Welcome. Thank you. It's fun to be here. Fun to be here. Okay. So today we're just going to have some conversation about her background and what she currently does and even also dive a little bit into... Um, this discovery program, how it's supposed to help children, what is it that they do, just a few little, you know, intricate details of some of the courses. Um, I think uh, you guys will find it very interesting because for me, Peyton has only been a part of this program for just about, since the beginning of this year, uh, minus or sans the summer months. But um, I have seen even some improvement in Peyton's handwriting um, and focus since then. Um, it does require a lot of work, but like I said, it's very interesting exactly what they do to um, kind of retrain the yes, brain. retrain the brain. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Diane, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background in child education. Okay. I um, have a bachelor's in education. I started out in family living. I found it started out with health, physical education, taught that for four or five years, um, took a break having my own children, mm-hmm. and have uh, our youngest really struggled with learning. And then I went back to teaching, and for the last 13 years, I have worked in, at Grace Christian, and then um, moved into the intervention role. Okay. Through several years of so through several collegiate courses on intervention, that type of thing. But it's definitely not intervention that you know in the public school. Okay. This is called, it's through uh, a program, NALD, National Institute of Learning Development. Mm-hmm. And they are basically a very much a Christian-based program. And they're out of Virginia Beach, Virginia. And they really minister to... Um, missionaries, Christian schools, and you don't see the program in public. So there's, I had one person who was being trained with me and she was in a school in New Jersey and it sounded like they're, they were willing to have her try. So anyway, 
It's definitely not a program that is widespread in your public schools. Okay. But we've seen great results right. through it. Okay, so you said it's NILD is the mm -hmm. program, so it's a Christian-based program. Yes. What does that exactly mean? Does that just mean that it originated amongst a or in a Christian school, or is there some type of... Um, is there some type of Christian-based influence within the program? Both. Okay. Started in a Christian school. Very much believe the truth of Scripture. As a matter of fact, one of our uh, techniques, we have 26 techniques uh, for the basic core that we can work with, and one is called Proverbs. But you use Proverbs to teach kids to think. You use them to think and understand language so um, and and so we use scripture in several ways and also um, one of the things we've talked about is growth mindset or fixed mindset so when we're working with that from the NALD program called discovery we are looking at using growth mindset using Bible verses so think on what's true and right, which you get from Philippians 4, 8. Mm -hmm. You know, as a man thinketh, so he is, which you get from Proverbs. So we're teaching kids that Jesus made you, you are great, and he can help you learn. You are not broken and not repairable. You are repairable, and in Christ, especially at a Christian school, you know, you can grow and change. So... Okay. And this is something somewhat new to me. I'm sure you, you shared this with me before, but, um, you know, I can tend to, to lose data as well. But um, because it's really interesting, your comment or the basis of the program um, is based off of Proverbs and basically the influence that your mind and what you think yes. and how that can yes. influence your behaviors. Um, because you do, I mean, these children that you're working with, they do feel in some way broken yes, or, um, I mean, they're fragile or, you or know, or damaged or less than. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why aren't I finishing before everyone else? Why are they always done? Why am I always having to do it? You know, yes, they do. Okay. Which they aren't broken, but they can get stuck in a rut thinking that. Right. As well as we as parents can too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, you know, that's awesome uh, that that is the premise of this program because, um, you know, I haven't spoken a lot in uh, these uh, interviews or conversations, um, anything based off of scripture or, or religion, but definitely we'll start moving as we expand and move forward. Uh, we'll start to, you know, talk a bit about that, but... Um, I am a firm believer in that it begins and ends um, with our creator, you know, and yes. everything that he has taught in his word. So, um, you know, I'm really in agreement with that. And uh, one of the reasons why, you know, she attends the school she attends continuously. And then um, I was so excited to learn uh, that there was a program uh, that was available through grace because what I had been taught as she we uncovered that she did have a learning disability is that private schools typically do not offer any type of services or programs that will be able to answer to the needs right. of these um, children with you know these special challenges um, and so I was you know right on the edge of uh, moving her into a public school which was a conversation you know that I had with myself, with her father, trying to identify if, if that was the best move. So I was relieved to find out that uh, Grace did have a program. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so how long has this program been in practice at Grace? Um, 14, or I'm um, sorry, 12 years. 12 it years. It started when I, when I started being trained and um, our principal sent me to be trained. And then that was in the um, winter, um, I'm sorry, the fall. Mm -hmm. And she sent me to a workshop. I saw what it was about. The next summer I went to training. So anybody can go and, and work through this training as long as you have a bachelor's okay. degree. So I was trained that summer, and that summer she hired um, my su um, my supervisor. I guess I don't want to say names <laughs> totally, but um, so we started out then. Oh. So it has been it has started with myself and the supervisor she, she hired in okay. to start the program. Yeah. Yes. Now, let's go back because I definitely want to, you know, start um, or continue and further the discussion re regarding this program. But I do want to learn a little bit more about you personally because mm -hmm. you had mentioned that you had a child that had some uh, issues with learning yes. as well. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Did they have right. a learning disability or just some challenges with just learning? They Yes, they um, actually went in and had an IEP uh, in school. But first, I started homeschooling my kids. I wanted them at home. I wanted them at home to give them a biblical base. We didn't feel like we could afford to put them in a private uh, Christian school. So we started out having our kids at home. So my first two kids were fine. We They just moved right along. And then I got to my third, and it's like, why don't you get it? Why right. aren't you doing this? You know? And, and so, I always say, if my youngest, Micah, would have been my first, I would have been done. I would have thought, you aren't an educator. <laughs> so, but I could see, I could see my other start reading, I could see them start writing, because they took them all through third grade, and then um, started them into fourth grade in public school. So, but Micah really did, one, he had some eye um, struggles, so we took him to, um, well, what am I want to say? Um, Optometrist. It's an it's a therapy for the eyes. Okay. He had he was over convergent, so his eyes crossed. So he actually did see was as maybe saw. So he had to get his eyes pulled out. He had to do which we did physical little training for that. So okay. we worked with that on, with him. He was very impulsive. Mm -hmm. Moved around, you know. Uh, could hardly sit still, you know. Always was talking. <laughs> And, and moving but he couldn't hold on to things his his memory and his visual memory seeing and holding it was not really well developed so I actually he was my first little um, person not and not little because I didn't get into that until he was in seventh grade oh really? but so I had I had taken him through kindergarten up through third grade and knew there are problems and there are problems right now I can't deal with Right. And I didn't understand that. So when he went into school, we put him, we got him in an IEP. He did have an IEP that worked for a long time. And we actually, he then started on some medication because he just kept hitting not only road blocks, but he just kept getting into trouble with other kids, couldn't follow rules, that mm -hmm. type of thing. So um, it wasn't until he had been in school for years, we actually set him back a year and felt like he needed to repeat third. Um, which actually really was a great thing. Mm -hmm. But so then when I was introduced to this program, it's like, yes, 
I will do anything to learn, and I'll use my son as the first person to try this with. Really? So, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you didn't try this program on him until you said he was in the seventh grade? Probably seventh or eighth grade. Okay. Yes, because it was a battle. But you knew around third grade, oh, yeah. or even I a little know. before that, right. that there were some struggles yes. there. Yes, mm-hmm. you could just see things weren't functioning well. And I knew and could see the things that he, that he would see things on paper and they would be reversed or they wouldn't be in the right order. And I, I could see that. So we went through the optometrist. Oh, vision therapy. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So we went through vision therapy, which I know people were doing that now. Um, and, uh, we, and he also, I think auditory processing was also an issue. Hearing it, making sense of it and being able then to do something with it and come out with a corresponding thing for the input wasn't there. So we tested him a lot too auditorily with the auditory memory mm-hmm. things. So, yes. So you have mentioned he was on medication. Medication for? More probably for ADHD, just to keep him So he seated. was clinically diagnosed yes. with oh, ADHD. I am clinically diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. I was sort of off the charts on a couple of those things, yes. <laughs> so... It doesn't mean we're all running around looking crazy, but as a child, I, I was really pretty moving right. and, and in motion. So Okay. So. Any other uh, challenges or um, disorders or anything that he was uh, diagnosed with other than ADHD? Probably those basic ones, the auditory processing. Mm-hmm. And that's you know how you take things in auditorily, um, but visual too. He had visual discrimination because he had the overcrossing of the eye. We mm-hmm. had to strengthen a specific eye. So so learning was really difficult for him. Yeah. And he felt very frustrated. Right. It's like, but I am trying, you know. So anyway, so I would say he had probably those three, mm-hmm. three areas that were, you know, he, he moved a lot, was going, um, you know. Right. And and we, we did counseling. We took him to people who would help him kind of with the ADHD. I remember a person who talked with him and said, you know, you, it's like you're driving in a car and everybody else sees, they see the stop sign, they see the car go by, but you're just already clear down the road and you're not seeing any of those things go by. And he he kind of really helped him to think about stopping. You need to stop yourself, listen. So we went through a couple different uh, times of counseling to help them kind of deal with it that way too. So. Okay. So, you know, and just for for the audience to understand the, the timeline and at, at which points, you know, you um, did some type of, um, how can I put it, uh, you know, some type of intervention. Intervention, yes. Intervention, intervention. yeah. Yep. Um, so you're saying uh, up until about third grade, you could tell that there was some things going mm-hmm. on. I think you were homeschooling. And I had him at home. Right. Yes. And then at third grade, then you we, and we put him, in put him into a public school. And yes. In where he grade. got access to an IEP. Yep. Could you explain mm-hmm. what an IEP is? Well, an IEP is an individual edu- educational program. Right. So they are tested by a psychologist within the school district then um, that report is given to somebody who's going to carry out that IEP mm-hmm. and then they meet with them individually in the school to work with them. But but it is mostly academic. So if it's working with math, if he's low in math, which Michael was not, it was reading, was his big thing that was just, you know, was overwhelming to him. So he would go to her, work with her. Mm-hmm. She would also help him though with behavior modifications and right. things also. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yes, that's where 
he was at, okay. and he started into that really right off the bat. Okay. You know, probably within, oh, several months going in. And I had said, you know, I think you need, I'd really like him to be observed. But, again, often they wait until they fail. Or they've hit so many roadblocks that they'll say, okay, we got to do something. Right. And that's kind of what happened to him. They um, let him go for a while until he was just, he kept crashing into walls for yeah. things. Yeah. And then, you know. And at this time, how old was he? He would have been fourth grade. Really? And third. And then we set him back. Boy, I, I would have to think hard on this. I could be off on this. We had him redo third grade. Yeah. We actually started him in one school in the district. Um, when he was in third grade, we then made a move, and so he started back in third grade in the other in a new mm-hmm. elementary in the same district. Okay. So um, that that was painful. That was the hardest decision. One of the hardest decisions yeah. my parent, my husband, and I ever had to make. But mm-hmm. we felt like it was good. We were fortunate that we could change schools, but we didn't. He still had a lot of his friends. That right. So that was that was not an easy thing to do, but we felt like a very good thing to do okay now um so uh, you had mentioned that around that uh time or his age it was difficult to get him assessed at that time right Right. Mm -hmm. how long ago was this from now and the reason i ask is because seven okay so they must have since then um lowered probably the age as to when they can be tested because Peyton yes. was tested for ADHD I think like first grade oh yeah but yes I wanted to get her tested when she was as early as three years old yes. and they you right. know people kept telling me and she's too young she mm-hmm. needs to you know get some years on her first yes. and get some time in school to be able to determine if this is really you know a, yes. a challenge or not yeah. or if it's just Correct. she's just a, a baby you mm-hmm. know still right. So, um, yeah, so we got Peyton tested, yeah, I think this was as early as first grade for ADHD and then waited another year or so uh, to determine, uh, you know, if there were some other challenges uh, that the meds yes. would not answer to right. if she was still having right. some challenges. And that was per the advice of Dr. Wozniak, who was on my, my first yeah. episode. Um, and then at that point, which was you know, approximately maybe at the end of, or no, probably mid third grade is when she was diagnosed with dyslexia. So yes. yeah, so the age definitely seems to have been lowered yes, <laughs> significantly from true. the time when your children mm-hmm. were, were young. Mm-hmm. So okay, so then um, you put them on meds. You also paired that with some uh, counseling. It mm-hmm. sounds like as yes. well. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and then at around seventh grade is when you started to learn. Um, this new right. program. And, and let me interject here too. I went to counseling as well <laughs> because we were like uh, heads budding. You know, we were very much alike. Mm-hmm. I was impulsive, didn't manage time well. You know, I had two other ki- kids, you know, household. So, um, you know, we both were in counseling, which helped me tremendously. Indeed. And um, to just, you know, so um, yeah, the process just took time and I've learned so much over the years mm-hmm. that I wish I would have known when he was a baby you know? right right but. so in seventh grade uh you started uh learning this new program yes. you used him as your first case study yes <laughs> so. that's it I like that case study <laughs> okay yeah. mm-hmm. all right and uh so as you were learning you were yes. teaching yes, yes. Teaching as well 
Um, and so what were you finding, just say in like the first year, were you like, what were the results that you were seeing in your own child as well, a result? Well, one is, so the rhythmic writing that we do. Okay. That was very difficult. Yeah. So we're talking about an eight that is drawn on a chalkboard that's broader than your shoulders and he has to trace it. So um, in doing that, that was terribly hard for him. It was hard for him to hold his body still to do it. But the major idea of that rhythmic writing is to help him do more things and to draw his attention, kind of to continue to pull his attention into a focused uh, attention. So I just found that that was difficult. You know, he couldn't get his right and his left as he was trying those things. Mm -hmm. When we did um, dictation and copy, which is where I would give a sentence to him, he would then write it. That was tremendously hard for him to remember those things. So, and again, with my own ADHD in there, I would say we were, it was kind of like, I, I was so glad that I don't have to deal with any children like I probably dealt with him because I learned so much from dealing with him. Yeah. Um, but what I saw as he as he did the H, those are really helpful. Those were kind of like the core things. If I could get him before going to school to do a set of eights. And his older brother and sister, it was interesting, they love doing the eights. Can we do the eights, mom? We have a test today. Can we come down and do the eights? And they would. But they didn't suffer any learning disabilities, right? No, they didn't, right? but they, mm -hmm. they so gained from watching him. But they also kind of wouldn't say, I could do it, watch me do it. And it's yeah. like, which was hard for Micah because he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, and he was younger also. Right. So maturity wise. And just but. so uh, you guys know out there, rhythmic writing is one of the activities yes, of, a that's a part or technique mm -hmm. that's part of this discovery program. And this is something as well that... You know, I've been coached on a little because that is part of the, I would say, onboarding, you yes. know, of this program is for the parent yeah. to also be coached into how, um, you know, to do these techniques and why it's important so mm -hmm. that as, as a result, we can also teach it, our children, um, right. you know, that are going through this as well. Um, and it's extremely intricate. You you just hear her say, just draw an eight. But the way that it's done, it's 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 complex, you know. But it's all in an effort. It, it almost for for Peyton, for instance, it gives her several different instructions or rules that she has to follow in just one activity. Um, but it definitely helps her to hone in yes. on the activity itself increase her focus and concentration which is extremely lacking in a child with ADHD um, and uh, so it, it's, it's, it's just extremely complex and, and I wish that you guys could actually have a visual I guess yeah. of or an example of what it looks like because just to just hear us explain it or describe it uh, really doesn't do it justice right. But, you know, it, it's, it's very complex, but I understand little by little, as I even learn and do it more often, as to how this helps retrain, you know, um, the, the student's uh, brain. So, you said the rhythmic writing is part of that, mm -hmm. and um, then dictation? Yeah, dictation and copy mm -hmm. is, um, we dictate, and just the person, the therapist, which we call ourselves educational therapist, that we dictate to them one to two sentences in a paragraph. 
and of course according to age if they're if they have a hard time remembering it we're going to be in a area where we have maybe five to seven words in a paragraph so or in each sentence in the paragraph so we dictate that they then have to say that back to us correctly if it's not said correctly we redictate until they can say it to us correctly and then they write it down okay. so they write it down and then after they're done we talk about did you have any problems spelling a word um, if they say nope it's right then we have a check up with the book so dictation copy um, is auditory we're looking for auditory discrimination can they hear the words are they keeping those words and then can they put the words down in a written pattern and of course most of our kids use cursive uh, starting second grade we have them use cursive throughout um, so and then she'll come home bring that rest of that paragraph home she will finish copying it which she can copy right from the book but what we see with children like my son like Peyton they're impulsive so they see a word and they just write it however they think so they have often have a lot of errors in there so we're teaching them to go back to be able to check their work and to to kind of finger you know have each finger ready the pens ready to write the fingers ready to point out so they can check their own work so a lot of self checking going back checking your work and then we have parents look at that and if they see errors we ask them not to tell the student where they are but put a mark at each at the edge of each line in that paragraph so the student again has to learn has to learn to look at the copy that's right and then find out where their error was there's a lot in dictation and copy that seems minimal when you do it but it's such a, a good training area for children who skip problems on a test because they just go oh, I know that I know and then they they don't go back they don't go back and, and look over everything right. so um, so it's auditory it's hand-eye coordination or what we call um, visual motor coordination it's the memory and then you've got your visual do you see a word you can say the word can you then spell it your visual discrimination and visual memory so there's a lot in that okay and I probably need some coaching on the dictation I don't think we've gotten to that part I yet we haven't <laughs> so, we have a meeting yeah. coming up you'll, you'll get an email okay alright yeah because that's something new to me and that's yes. something I haven't been doing you know for Peyton so yes and I need that 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 training on that but um okay well any other components of the uh, program that you see, saw was, uh, you know, uh, was able to get you some really good results with your with your son? There, you well, there are five key components we, with we, which we do with every child, mm -hmm. and pretty much we have a standard. We say if a student comes in and we see that they need that help, it will be a three-year program. We usually it's not a quick fix, but it is a steady fix and we see them move ahead. So the five um, techniques, rhythmic writing okay. is the core, and that is done with the, us, the therapists at the school, twice a week and with parents four times a week at home. The dictation and copy, which is usually uh, something they do in homework all the time. Blue Book, Blue Book is a phonics program. So there's a lot of components to Blue Book. There's a workbook mm -hmm. where they're writing keywords. It's a keyword association. It's a um, Orton Gillingham which is a phonetic base, which most teachers kind of understand that is going to be phonetic. So it's not whole word. It's not look and memorize words. It's phonetic. So um, blue book uh, is the other technique. Math block, which uses strategies, um, partners of 10, helping kids to understand why we use 
a 10. A uh, 10 as our key component in English in our, in our math. Mm-hmm. And then um, the last one is a buzzer. It's called buzzer. And we use Morse code, a Morse code sheet. And we actually have a buzzer that goes zzz, zzz, <laughs> We buzz. And so we buzz letters. So we'll buzz letters to the student. And this is a lot of auditory discrimination. Then they have to use their auditory memory mm-hmm. and visual memory. So they do this, um, the buzzer, and we'll spell out a word. So I spelled out a word for Peyton with the buzzer. She holds on to each letter. As I buzz each letter, she groups them, tells me what the sound is, and then decodes the word. Mm-hmm. So after she decodes it, then she will have her homework. She has to give me a sentence. She has to tell me what part of speech. So we're getting into grammar. So again, this kind of pushes us back into the blue book. Okay. So the blue book and buzzer work very hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go on, she analyzes the word. So she takes the buzzer, let's say the word is just bug. So she'll go to the blue book, say, tell me where does the B, B sound come from? And she'll give me a keyword that's mm-hmm. gonna be B, bat. And then bug, she'll give me a vowel. She'll go to the vowels and say, is it long or short? And she's gonna, deco- she's gonna uh, analyze that for me. And the G, the G is a G sound, her keyword is goat. And so she will then give me that analysis and then tell me the meaning of the word and give me how many, um, how many syllables are in that word. Mm-hmm. So again, it's, it, it may sound complicated as I say this, but they get to it, they get through it and they do it well. And, and Peyton actually does buzzer very well. She gets that. She, it is frustrating for her to have to write that paragraph because eye-hand coordination right. isn't just as much there. And the having to check back over here. I think that's, you know, and that's becoming smoother all the time though. Okay. So, so those are our f- five components, key components there. Okay. Now, is this program only offered in Christian schools or have you found where it's offered in other You know, the people spaces? I know, when I have done my training, these, they're small groups. It is usually in Christian school. But we had at one time two individual therapists who did it as a home uh, program. They they did that, but I do know that those people are no longer doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got if you if you go, you can go to NILD. Okay. If you go to that on um, your website, you know, find their website. It walks you through all of NILD. Okay. And it's it's a pretty it's just has a really great uh, information there about the program. And there, if you ask where a therapist, it will point out to you okay. where therapists are. Cool. So, so that's NILD yes. website to um, I guess be introduced to yes. the details of the purpose, the, the details of the program, and, and so forth. Um, now. This NILD program, can it be customized according to the actual learning disability or is it just a standard program for all um, learning disabilities? No, it, it is customized. I mean, that is part of what I have to do. I have to be able to do testing, mm-hmm. which we're trained meticulously on the testing. So, you know, so I'm doing, um, I do a Detroit test, which is a an ability test and that, hopefully mirrors what Dr. Wanyak does. So Dr. Wanyak is who we send our students to. Mm-hmm. Dr. Wanyak has been gracious. He's come into our school and he's, we've been able to share with him what our program is, 
what we do so he understands that a lot too so I have to know how to interpret first of all dr. Wanyak's report which we we're trained well on that then 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 we as a separate unit do this Detroit test which again is an ability test so and then we do a Woodcock Johnson's test which is a full battery about about 13 different small tests but it depends on the student whether they're quick or not so these are all academic how do they do in writing spelling reading uh, decoding math um, math problems math comprehension uh, what's writing. that called again uh, it's um, Woodcock Johnson Woodcock it's a Wood Jackson. yeah okay. Woodcock Johnson and that's an academic test and then you have informals and informals are things like you have a child draw a clock and there's the good enough Harris um, is a as a program that we use to then get some information from them drawing that clock right. or drawing a per I'm sorry good enough Harris um, is a drawing a person and um, and then we do like a Wetman test which is discrimination um, so we're saying two words and the child is facing away from us and they have to tell us is that the same word or is it different so we can see the discrimination auditory discrimination mm -hmm. and again they're not facing us so they can't read our lips kind of look and get clues so we want to hear auditorily and then we have them write for us try to write a paragraph so there's a bender test which is spatial relations so they're drawing shapes and they have to do it in the in pretty much a parameter and so these are informal tests that we can gain just basic information from them so it it takes seven to eight hours for me to test a student and you probably know that cause yes you Peyton was tested yeah and I just recently um, because of how COVID affected yes. you know yes. the entire last uh, you know year academic school yeah. year um, I just now, even though she started the program in February of 2021, I just got the results about maybe three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And yes. there was a piece in there, which you had referred to, um, where she drew a clock. Yes. And what was so interesting, a little disturbing though, um, to me, she had drew this clock and she was asked to just just draw a clock one through 12 and then um, write two o'clock draw two o'clock in there and Peyton had written all of the numbers on the right side of the clock which one through 12 which tells us there's a real dyslexia exact yep. mm -hmm. so then they showed me her clock and then some samples of pictures of, of children that were dyslexic in the clocks that they had drawn. And there was one perfect match within those samples. Uh, with Peyton. Yeah, oh. with Peyton. And I mean, if if anything had showed me any evidence that she that this is a real disability and yes. it, you know and that she is challenged with it, it 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 showed me there you know even though i've been on this journey with her and i you know I, i've done all kinds of different things you know from tutoring to extensive learning to extended learning you know <laughs> working with homework seven days out of the week and still facing the same issues you know, it, it show, these assessments show evidence that yes, there is a disability mm -hmm. that is there that again, these children don't have any control over, Right. you know? Um, and so that was interesting, but 
you know, again, you know, a little disturbing and made me feel, you know, again, and I've, I've repeated this before, just kind of sad for my child yeah, in a way. Right. And oh, even yeah. sadder at all the things that I have said to her, I have felt, you know, over the years because I didn't understand what she was, you know, challenged with and struggling with and understanding that she had no control. It wasn't about laziness. It wasn't about the fact that, uh, you know, she just, she just didn't want to do her work or she, she just was having a lack of focus, which she does, but there is something in her brain that causes her to learn differently, you know? Um, and so uh, these assessments are very extensive oh, and valuable so valuable. and invaluable for sure yeah. for sure and, and I guess I'm sorry that's what I was saying when you said is this program just do this with every child mm-hmm. so no after we get those evaluations like that we then say okay we see this let's do this technique more okay we see this and so we have we can see when Dr. Wanyak says duh, 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 we can take his, we can take ours from our Detroit test, and we can take what we get from our Woodcock Johnson, and it says these are the things they need. You put those together, and then you say, okay, four times this was this technique mm-hmm. was pointed out, so that needs to be the major one. Okay. Rhythmic writing is always going to be that central, but no, we definitely do have it becomes specific. A uh, student I'm starting this year after testing him, mm-hmm. he will not do math block hardly at all. The, except for one thing, we gotta stop him from counting on his fingers. He's really good at math, but he'll have minimal math work with me. But reading will be heavy. Mm-hmm. And that will be the same with Peyton. She will have heavy reading and heavy math because yeah. they're both a struggle mm-hmm. very across there. Right. So just so you, you know, as you think, no, it's very much those tests tell us where we need to pinpoint those okay. students. But they will do all five of those um, techniques, which I mentioned earlier, because they all are foundational and they transfer into other arenas mm-hmm. all the time. So okay. Now, have you ever worked in a public school system? I have, but not doing this. Right, okay. Yes. And the reason I asked you this is, uh, were you privy or did you know of any um, learning disability programs that that public school offered to children? Intervention, I, I knew intervention people in those schools. Okay. Because just trying to compare the offerings between a public and well, I would say in just Grace, because Grace is a little bit more unique in as far as a private school and their offerings towards and for children um, with these special needs. Because um, as I said before, I had heard typically private schools do not offer any type of That's program. Right. So Grace is a little bit unique in that way. Um, but really just trying to understand how does this system that's offered through Grace say compare to what the public school would offer. Well, let me tell you this, from my training again, so as I go to do my training, it's a summer training, we go for one week where we stay somewhere, all the people who've been in that class online are there together, you have a lot of interaction. I have been in those classes with intervention people and they will say, we can diagnose, we can figure out where they're at, and this is intervention through their bachelor's degree in a college, and they say, but we can't, we can't help them, we can't move them ahead. We only can get them a little bit better in their strengths. So the difference is that we, instead of working on just math, we work on the perceptual. So perceptual problems is how you perceive, 
how you take something in. You perceive with your eyes, you perceive with your ears, touch, you know, our tactile. So our senses, so we're working more with them getting their auditory, their if, if auditory discrimination or auditory memory is weak. We work on things like with the buzzer. Again, um, I think in normal intervention in the school, I think you're gonna have somebody taking the reading book that the class is doing, they're gonna come down and they're gonna read it maybe to the student. They're gonna keep going in the reading, in the academic. We use the academic, but we use perceptual things okay. to move ahead. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, and so I heard people who had been in intervention in public schools say, but we can't, we can only take them so far. We can't get that independent learner. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we feel like working with the perceptual weaknesses and, and you know, really working in the cognition, cognitive, how they think, how they think. And you know, I do know that intervention in the school also does, works with the behavioral piece, but um, I think that is such a key. That's in all of our sessions, especially if the student comes to you and they're already at this high level of distress because somebody has said you're not coming to my birthday party or something such like that. That really affects kids. So then you have to take time, you have to look at, okay, well, let's think about how can we look at the that thinking you're in because they're not gonna learn anything from me if you can't bring them out of that high stress, I'm not accepted feeling. Wow. So you have to pull them out of that mm -hmm to get them to start learning because their brain has just shut down because of the stress yeah. and because of who they how they feel kind of worthless idea you know so it really does make a difference so i do think our program really looks a little bit more at the whole part of the learning as a part of just the academic if that if that makes sense oh no, it does it, okay. it, and just how i interpreted that is the difference i think between uh, public school offerings and then what the NILD program provides is that it actually addresses more or closer to the root problem. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we're very involved with the parents. Like, you know me pretty well and we've got to know each other mm -hmm. because I need to know what's happening at home in the evening while she's working. Mm -hmm. And that, that gives a lot of give and take. You know, I want to know if she's coming home and it's overwhelmed by her math and spelling and reading. Right. If so, then I am your intermediary that I go and try to help out with teachers and say, you know, she's already doing discovery homework. Can we knock her spelling words down mm -hmm. for her? Can we give her less reading or can, you know, so anyway, it's really working. I think it really is kind of that triangle mom, myself, and the teacher. Trying Definitely. To, and, and, you know, she's going to soon move into the middle school where she's, she has extra teachers this year. You know, not just one homeroom. True. So, and then that takes a little bit more work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, because you're adding people to the are, to the equation. To the mix, yes. It's no longer a triangle. It's it, a it? what octagon, <laughs> or it's becoming closer to an octagon, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> so, in your opinion, um, what would you say is? Of course, we'd like to have the balance of the day-to-day uh, -day education that she receives. Um, We'd like that to be in balance with her NILD mm -hmm. um, program learning. Um, but you had mentioned something in there about being able to go to the teacher and say, hey, she's got this discovery program work. 
um, that she's feeling overwhelmed by can you lessen maybe mm-hmm. your you know academic homework or right. something that you're, right. you're giving her so when it comes to that what would you say is probably the more necessary component of helping her to thrive and grow and mature academically oh well it definitely is the discovery and you would find our head of our school would very much say do the discovery get that done first wow. that is going to affect all the academics got it and that is the support we have all the way through there and i i have to tell you we're an unusual school because we are totally supported through our school where i know many other schools they have to have enough students to pay their own salary mm-hmm. and i would say that's the majority of schools have okay that. so um but yes um i've even seen it where a student is struggling so much that they said say um where the head of our school has said i just want you to do discovery for this month, I want you to learn discovery so well. Mm-hmm. We're gonna just even move you from having all your homework. You'll do some with with your therapist as you move, but that's a real extreme case. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that happen because if they don't get their focus pulled in, if they don't get Okay, so Diane, can you, you, we're going to wrap this up here. Can you share some stories um, or real life experiences with some of the children that you have where you've noticed, you've worked yeah. with, and then okay. you've um, noticed some progress and what that looked um, like? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And um, just to give an idea, one, one young girl came in to the school, I think in third grade, and was just um, failing, they felt like there was a lot of anxiety. So this was a little different. As she went through the testing, we could see she was struggling with some areas. Well, what we found as we worked through everything, anxiety had just shut that girl's brain down. She um, she didn't feel confident. She didn't feel like she was able. And within one year, she was done. Mm-hmm. She had bumped up in the classes. Her, um, her confidence, that's what she needed built up. So she had strategies and she, did not have the learning struggle that many kids have. Mm. So she was able in a one-on-one to pick up, pick up, pick up. So she was a Sophia who was so exciting to see her and her parents were like, we knew she had it, thank you. So in one year we really saw it. Now that is unusual. Our program, usually we've got kids who are coming through and they've got those more perceptual issues. So that three, I just, this was, uh, a wonderful thing. I just this summer got to go to a student's. I had through third, fourth, and fifth. Third, yeah, and she graduated from high school and really? invited me, and that was just such a joy. And she had both parents on board, and two, and both grandparents, or wow. one set of grandparents, not so four people. So Grandpa picked her up often from school, took her home, and she worked with him. Uh, mom was on board mom is a doctor Mm -hmm. Um, and this young lady struggled probably memory but there was she was also very angry Mm -hmm. she was angry that she had to have help that she couldn't get it and she's going into nursing really she did great as she moved out of Grace Christian I think she went on to Hartley and just 
just crushed it, just went. Really? So I, it was so wonderful to be able to see her. She was a student also who never really liked to see me in the halls. Sometimes <laughs> students, I've mentioned that. So she says this, guys, because, so Peyton, she claims my little girl was ignoring her, like, you know, in the hallway. That's the start of and, school. <laughs> and I agree, probably, because I know how Peyton in which she's expressed at home about the Discovery Program oh, yeah. and about Miss Linger even. And, you know, don't take yeah. it personal. Oh, no, I'm sure you, you're working with I so many not. kids. You know, you know how probably discouraging, frustrating oh, it can it be. Is. have to be um, taken out of class. You know, so when she tells me that <laughs> I think Peyton is trying to avoid me in the yeah. hallways and just the idea, the thought of my baby, like seeing Miss Linger in the hallways <laughs> and like, trying to stay below the radar like put her head down don't make eye contact because i don't want her to come and get me and make me do work and whatever so yeah. it's kind of a you know a laughing it's a joke it between is. us but it, it's real it is real and the kids feel that you know mm -hmm. so so this was one of those students who really didn't really care to see me a yeah. lot in the hallways but as she got to her seventh and eighth grade years she she was taken off she knew her things. She was getting it. She had strategies, and she was she was that independent learner. Right. I mean, mom and dad and grandpa didn't have to sit on her anymore. And so then she went into high school, asked me to give a recommendation for her to be involved with the club, and she's just going to soar. Right. She got it. Right. She, and so that was cool to see her. We also had a young girl, and this, um, we worked with a Down syndrome. Now, my co-worker worked with her more, but I worked with her in and out, and just to watch the basics that she could do. I mean, sometimes people think that um, Down syndrome students don't have a lot of ability. They do, they mm -hmm. have great amount of ability. It's just how you work with them. Wow. So watching this young girl, Ryan, grow, she's graduating from high school this year, mm -hmm. actually, so she's been in another program, in high school um, though those are some special ones um, some boys one boy who I just watched and again these are kids who are just it's like they came they came to our church and it's like really mom and dad I have to go to mrs. linger do you have to talk to her at church too I mean really did you, they just wanted but this little guy struggled and struggled and finally he got that reading piece down math was done and little by little you just saw him he could then talk to me and say, okay, you help me. Mom and dad say you help me, so I like you now. <laughs> right, right. But he just, he just really made that jump. But it's very hard. The first year, you're just trying that, to get them to do the work correctly. Right. exactly. Because it, it, builds, it builds connections in the brain. That's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're teaching, you're always holding your hands over your head within fist and going like this and saying, what we're doing is building connections. Please don't give up on me. We're going to build them. So, and that's the building of connections is what is often missing. That left and right are functioning of our brains are functioning too independently. And we need to be passing information more so that especially the frontal lobe is getting that ability to act and give them that discipline, that organization. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Okay. So that is a really, um, good part to end this on um so and from what i'm from what i'm hearing just to kind of put it in maybe more plain or simpler terms you know to the audience is this particular program um 
uh, real just merges or forces the two you said hemispheres yes, of the right. of the brain mm -hmm. to work together builds pathways mm -hmm. builds pathways right mm -hmm. right okay all right mm -hmm. awesome and i know that has got to be so rewarding to oh. see those children that came in shoulders down confidence oh, yes. low yes challenged and then to see them grow mature and move forward more independently into and move into their areas where you know and that they want to accomplish yes you know, to become what they want to become mm -hmm. you know and so i, I do want to also end on this and maybe speak to really quickly the requirements of not only the child because they have a lot on them but also let's give the credit to some the parents as well yes. you know because yes. it does definitely take a team oh, to be does. able it to does. achieve what's necessary in this program to help move them and mature them right, right. Um, and I remember when we first were introduced to this program um, I was told that it takes work. It does. Yes, it does. From the parents, not just the child, but it takes it, yes. work. And for me, I had already been through, I felt like, several years of just work. Yes, just in day-to-day, right. -day, just trying to get her homework done, get her to the next grade level. You know, it was just constant work, even through the summers. You yes. know, I mean, I was identifying and locating programs that she could do, reading programs and you know, just trying to daily give a little bit, pour a little bit into Peyton, you know, just to make it to the bottom 10% of the class. Yeah. Very frustrating, right? It is. Um, it so is. when I was introduced to this program and I was told, oh, it takes work. I'm like, I have not been working all this time. <laughs> like this, my life, I've been consumed, yeah. you know, with working with Peyton. Right. So yeah, understand that it definitely takes a village. Huh? It does. And it takes parents understanding what we're doing. Right. Because sometimes I've had one parent get it and the other's like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. this, this is, how's it going to help math? How's right. it going to, so they have to know and they have to buy into this will, does work. And yeah. it's been proven for many years. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to be committed and, uh, and, and we know through. parents are, that's it. We know it, but they've tried things and maybe it's hounding the child. Maybe it's taking away this and maybe there's better ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And that I think as a group, you start brainstorming and saying, well, you know, I tried this with my son. I found out that didn't work. Yeah. Why don't you try this? You know, having that growth mindset as a parent is big. Yeah. Because we can get to where we're saying, why do you all... Okay, let's take away the always. Let's take away... Let's stop and say, we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. You know. Right, but right. It does. It takes a lot. Thank you, Diane. You're very welcome. I am so happy and excited to get this posted. This was full of so much good, good stuff that... Will just continue to, you know, take us through the journey of just learning and growing, you know, for ourselves and for our children to make everyone better. And so. I have to say, I love family, but families with learning capabilities. That is it. Mm -hmm. It is not disabling. Yeah. It is just setbacks that can be overcome and they have capabilities. Yes. And we're digging in to get those capabilities to rise to the top so that they're affecting math and reading and history and science. And that's what we're doing. So I love 
your title of your Cool beans. I need you to do the marketing for me, Diane. <laughs> I love that. That's exactly where it came from, you know, right. because for right. me, I, I just refuse to let Peyton's disabilities, quote yes. unquote, to uh, reign victory, no. victorious. Yeah. You know, right. I said, we're going to overcome this. Yes. You know, we're going to manage first, but we're going to overcome. Yes. So that's why it's families with learning capabilities. Yes, so, exactly. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, family and friends, for tuning in. And uh, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast from, uh, Spotify, Apple. Um, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.